you worked all week and you're ready to let go. Let me tell you, friend, believe me when I say I know. It always feels like we're punching in. Well, I'm glad you stopped by. The fun is about to begin. You paid good money at the door. Get ready for a real good show. If you want to have a real good time with me tonight, you gotta move like crazy, dancing in the pale moonlight. We can all get down, spin inside out. I'm telling you, if you really want to groove, you gotta make a move. Hey, hey, Kirk, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. I'm yeah, over I'm, here on the I'm West a, Coast where it's like over 100 degrees again today. Oh, no. Um, yeah. I'm hiding yeah. in the corner. So. <laughs> <laughs> you forget so to the, put on your makeup today, Riley? Yeah, well, you know, that's that's totally what it is. So um, <laughs> the new platform for recording these is working great. Um, the thing about it is, is I need one more piece of equipment so I can hook up multiple cameras and switch between them. So we're forced to use one camera. And so we're me and Paul are just kind of hugging the computer here the best we can. (laughs) So, but yeah, so today we have Paul Kenny with us. Kirk, you want to let everybody know and introduce Paul? Absolutely. Yeah. Today we wanted to, to, uh, to share with you a little bit about the background of Paul Kenny, who he is as a person and uh, you know, why he's done the things that he's done and, and, uh, and, and why he's running. And I think we'll we'll start with a very open-ended question for you, Paul. You know, kind of if you can start a little bit about kind of your family history and history as a farmer here in Nebraska and, and lead us through kind of, you know, kind of to, to where you are today, that would be great. Sure, Kurt. Uh, that'll be an interesting. I'll probably jump around a little bit, but life started. That's all right. Paul, life started for Paul Kenny in Lincoln, Nebraska. My parents, uh, both school teachers at the time they got out of college and and uh, Valparaiso, Nebraska, and I was born at uh, the old uh, St. E's Hospital in, in uh, downtown Lincoln, and at one stage in there, Dad uh, thought probably I'd come back to the farm. Grandfather was, health was, was probably not as good as it ought to be for the farm of the day, and it's uh, originally a homestead farm. It was homestead in 1882, so wow. it's the original part that, uh, we, you know, Dad and I... Uh, are working today along with uh, two of my sons who are currently uh, helping me farm so I can go out and do a little politicking. <laughs> well, you're, you're blessed. You're blessed to be able to do I both. Am. I am. And, and the Valparaiso reminds me, Riley, of uh, of, of, of the, the song that uh, Brad Colerick uh, mm. does, The Time Machine, because he specifically mentions Valparaiso in that song. Yeah. I have some val- family that live in that, that area. Cool. Yep. Been back there a couple times, but uh, had a had a cousin's son that got married there with a girl from Valparaiso. That was kind of cool. And mom and dad took me and showed me the house that I was born in. And so I've seen it and been there and done that. All right, all right. So a little bit about uh, you know kind of your journey as a farmer and and uh, and you know kind of you know how you how that evolved. I know you've had involvement. With the ethanol board and, and a number of other things in the state of Nebraska, and we'd love to hear, uh, love to hear how all that all came to be. Sure, uh, let's start off with uh, 
um, college after I graduated from Amherst Public School, went to UNL, graduated with a degree in agricultural economics. Uh, right. Got married to Angie in uh, 81, and, and with that we have uh, four boys. Uh, both, all four boys are married with, with children. Now I am up to 10 grandchildren. Wow, so, wow. Big, big, the big part of my life and uh, <laughs> uh, the farm. So, you know, the, the other boys are somewhat involved in agriculture, too. The other two, the younger two. So we are uh, pretty well centered in uh, southern Nebraska and uh, enjoying every minute of it. Fantastic, fantastic. And so uh, are all your boys kind of uh, really close by or some of them live a little further away? You know, uh, you'd have to define that for me. Elm Creek is like 10 miles away. So, uh, really, <laughs> I'd say that's close. That's close. Yeah, one, lives in Kearney, one lives in Kearney, so it's pretty close. Yeah. So there, everyone's really kind of involved in agriculture in Central Nebraska, so that's huge, I think, and uh, um, they enjoy it very much. Um with uh, the advent of, of boys coming on, I started doing some other things. And, and you mentioned, uh, Kurt, about I uh, uh, involved in ethanol. Uh, we built a plant that's uh, coming on 20 years ago in, wow. in Central Nebraska that, that we went out and raised a bunch of money and, and uh, built a small plant uh, in between Axtell and Minden. Uh, the, the thing has just been wildly successful, and, and uh, currently we own two plants in Nebraska, one in Axel, one in Ravana, and we own a majority interest in three other plants around the country. So, wow. Uh, we're, we're over 400 million gallons of production and uh, make a, a big dent in, in that and in the market. We're, as a uh, owner of that many plants, we part owner of an ethanol company that markets ethanol. It's kind of a cooperative and uh, it moves uh, ethanol from both coasts, you know, even. Uh, some stuff gets ex- exported around the world. So interesting company. So we're part owners of that too with the gallons that we do produce with like 24 other plants. Wow, fantastic. So with, with ethanol, is it, I mean, is, there, is it being used currently for other than an additive for gasoline? Are there some other uses for it? Um, yeah, or is that primarily uh, the, the market? Obviously, there's several things you can do with alcohol. You can keep refining it. Uh, some... Some of our partners uh, will we'll call it industrial or drinkable uh, alcohol. Where they uh, one one of our partners makes vodka. Okay. Um, you can make uh, industrial use alcohol that's used in manufacturing of different products. We don't currently uh, partake in any of those. We're just okay. uh, straight market products we produce would be alcohol, uh, corn oil, and distilled grains. Got it. Got it. And then, uh, in addition to being on the ethanol board, what's some of the other st- uh, stuff you've been doing here in the state well, of Nebraska? I know I see you at a lot of events around the state, so I know you're yeah. very active within the state. Sure. Part, Part of that was a, uh, the Nebraska does have an ethanol board. I am Ben Sherman of Kappa Ethanol, which is a completely different company, but the state of Nebraska, instituted by the legislature, has a Nebraska ethanol board that I served like okay. eight years on that also. <clears throat> kind of got me... Uh, Probably interested in in uh, politics a little bit. That's how I became involved with uh, the first time that uh, Governor Ricketts ran for uh, the, the House in, in in Lincoln to be governor. So I kind of got to know him, got to be good friends with him, and, and uh, it's been a great association ever since. So that's probably kind of how I got uh, 
interested in politics, and mm-hmm. that probably did lead me to the interest of, of the University of Nebraska Board of Regents. And you have uh, an interesting mix of folks on the Board of Regents with you. I know uh, Governor candidate uh, Jim Pillen, Tim Clare, and and uh, some other good folks and that uh, that are on the Board of Regents. You want to talk a little bit about what the Board of Regents does and kind of what's what's happened over the last few few years since you've joined? Okay, you know, obviously you have the opportunity to meet some just amazing people, and and uh, you know, you talk about Jim Pillen, that's probably be our next governor, uh, a person that has. Uh, uh, moved on, retired as Howard Hawk, uh, uh, chairman and, and, and chief investor of Tanaska. Uh, became great friends with him, just an amazing person, and, and his wife, Rhonda. But you meet all kinds of great people, and uh, the opportunity to work on different projects with those people and, and the university administration has been uh, really gratifying. I, I served as uh, uh, chairman last year and, and serving as past chair this year. What are some of the big things that have happened or some of the highlights of what's happened since uh, since you've been on, on the board? You know, <clears throat> I hate to, hate to say this, but, uh, you know, we've been through some tough stuff with COVID and, and things like that that affect the economy. My very first year on there was a, a economic downturn. We uh, cut $45 million out of the budget that year, and then last year we did the same thing, cut another $40 million out. So... Since my time on the board, uh, we've cut, uh, you know, just under uh, $100 million out of the budget. Uh, tough to do. We've, we've frozen, to, to, to keep enrollment up, frozen uh, our uh, tuition for the, the university system across, you know, Kearney, Lincoln, mm-hmm. Omaha, and Med Center. And that's allowed us to beat nationally the, the, the rate in which uh, college students quit coming to college, quit registering. You know, with COVID, there was a big drop off in, in institutions around the country, and, and we were down, but not as much as everyone else. Hmm. So, you know, I haven't really heard of other universities freezing tu- tuition rates. Is was that pretty common? Are a lot of universities doing that? Oh no, not very many did it at all, and I'm really not aware of any. But uh, we did it as a uh, proactive strike to. Help our citizens, help our students, and keep them there. Uh, another thing that we did do was, is if a, it originally started at sixty thousand, now it's at sixty-five thousand. If your parents don't make sixty-five thousand dollars this year, we will uh, uh, allow you to come tuition-free. And uh, wow, we think and that I don't think very many universities do either, do they? <laughs> no, they don't do that. I mean, there's obviously different things, regents, scholarships, and stuff like that, but. This is kind of an economic uh, incentive to to help uh, keep our college full and uh, help the businesses with our graduates that uh, graduate from university. So, what uh, what I guess uh, what interested you in wanting to seek another term? Is there particular things that you want to see happen in the next term, oh, for example? Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good question, Kurt. I. Uh, uh, I love the, the ability to um, affect change and uh, how we move Nebraska forward. Uh, one of the things I'm very interested in, and, and how do we do that? Well, we got to have more students. We, and then the, the other part of the equation is we got to keep those students in Nebraska. There's a, a tremendous amount of, uh, of outflow of our students because they know nationally 
how great our kids are. And uh, they come and recruit them like crazy. So we're working on different things with internships, stuff like that. How do we retrain the, retain those kids in the state of Nebraska to our workforce? Yeah, we've had an opportunity to, to have some interns from the University of Nebraska, Kearney, and, and uh, love working with them and have a good relationship with the folks there. And, and uh, I think it's great to be able to offer those kinds of opportunities. I think, you know, Riley, you've worked with Ryan Range, you know, who's an intern, mm-hmm. I think, from, from UNK at the chamber there in Kearney. And I think that's it's a great thing if we can continue to provide those opportunities. We've talked on the show a number of times with different, different guests about uh, – you know, reversing the brain drain and keeping, you know, keeping students in, in Nebraska. Do you guys have any thoughts or is there kind of any revelations you've had, um, you know, in thinking through things for the university about how we can more effectively do that? Because I think that's something, you know, that concerns a lot of us. Um, and I personally care a lot about creating, you know, diversified economy. So, you know, if our kids want to do medical devices like I do, you can do it in Nebraska. If you want to do filmmaking, you can do it in Nebraska, you know. Um, so I don't know what uh, kind of, you know, if you want to share any insights to how you guys think about that and some of the things that you, you've discussed and tried to do, that'd be great. Sure, Kurt. We, we, we can kind of look at it like, uh, uh, obviously, a lot of places around the country do have internships. And uh, mm-hmm. the secret is, is how do you keep them longer? And one of the things we're working at, looking at is more of a strategic internship where, uh, the employer might uh, pay for some education or all the education, and then they would then be required to, to, to work for that company for, say, three years, four years, something like that. And, and statistics show that, you know, a kid that graduates moves somewhere, and if they're there for three years, they're a higher percent they're going to stay. And uh, I think that's the, the tech it is, is uh, hold them in place, get them interested in a spot in the company that's in Nebraska. Kirk, uh, you know, speaking of medical devices and keeping kids in Nebraska or maybe even attracting kids to Nebraska, um, this episode's going to drop on the 19th of October. Uh, the 20th of October is Innovate Nebraska. Kirk, have you had any communication? How's that? Um, do you still have spots available for that? Absolutely. Let me talk a little bit about that uh, that meeting. Um, so that that was uh, organized as kind of a joint collaboration between a lot of us uh, here in Nebraska. We have a MedTech Advisory Committee, which is really kind of the core committee uh, for organizing that meeting. Um, that committee consists of folks from uh, Chamber, um, Omaha Chamber, the, uh, the state's economic development, uh, from the University of Nebraska Medical Center, folks like myself, uh, you know, from the industry uh, here in Nebraska, and a number of other, you know, stakeholders in the state. And what we're really trying to do is showcase the ecosystem for medical device development uh, here in Nebraska, hoping to attract companies from, uh, you know, from outside the state and even outside the country to come to come to Nebraska to be to build their, you know, their manufacturing facilities in Nebraska, do their R and D in Nebraska. And we feel like, you know, by showcasing everything that's going on at the University of Nebraska Medical Center. Um, that we can pretty effectively done, do that. And we're giving some examples of companies that, medical device companies that are based uh, based in Nebraska. Uh, Chancellor Gold, who Paul knows very well, is is one of the speakers, um, as is uh, Dr. Linder, who uh, is the president of Nebraska uh, Medicine, I think it is. That's what yes. they refer to the mm-hmm. hospital part, right? Yeah. Yep. And, um, you know, so that's, it's, it's a day. So the day is going to start out with some VIP tours of, 
of the medical uh, of the medical center, um, have some talks in the afternoon about the ecosystem, and then it's going to segue into the evening events, which is the annual meeting of Bio Nebraska, where Governor Ricketts will come um, and and present um, the the annual bioscience award uh, to to a recipient uh, in Nebraska. Um, and so I think it's going to be a great day. We're hoping to, you know, have some attendance from across the, the you know, from beyond uh, Nebraska as well. Hope to have some people flying in and hope we get some folks from, from Nebraska um, to come and, and check out what we're doing. It is open. It is open enrollment now. There's no, there's no charge for, uh, uh, for the event. So, you know, if you're interested in the space, please do come out and, 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 and check it out and, um, and see, see what we're doing here or what we're doing in the state of Nebraska. Yeah, it sounds like a great time. I unfortunately have something that came up, and I'm not going to make it. Oh no! It. So I was, I, I was I really think, bummed. I think Paul's out of the state, as I recall. <laughs> I, I really wanted to come, and I'm not going to make it. So yeah, that's I'm pretty bummed. That's too bad. So well, I'll see if somebody can uh, maybe get some some B-roll so we can yes. talk about it on a future episode. But um, yeah, and Paul, uh, that that brings me to another topic I wanted to talk to you about on the, on the, while we're while we're together. You know, I know, you know, there's been a lot of talk and uh, about the University of Nebraska Medical Center extension at, uh, at the UNK campus, really excited about having a medical school in Kearney. And I think that really ties in nicely to what we were talking about, brain drain and keeping folks in the state of Nebraska, um, because I know that was kind of, you know, part of the thought process behind it. But if you can share a little bit, I'm sure you've been involved in, in those discussions. If you can share a little bit about kind of the, the thought process beh- behind having a a medical school in Kearney. Sure, it's, it's pretty darn exciting for Outstate Nebraska, and, and, and one of the things that I am excited about is the fact that there's certain students that really don't like the big city, and we might attract them to the medical field that they're doing something else or not going to school mm-hmm. currently that uh, they might have interest in that. And uh, at the time that uh, I first heard about the project, I didn't really think about uh, what happens uh, along with that, and, and uh, what has happened with that is we have more medical students uh, doing internships or with local hospitals. There's also talk about, uh, you know, cancer center moving to Kearney, uh, pretty exciting stuff. So wow. um, I uh, am really excited about this, and uh, I think the rest of outstate Nebraska ought to be, and central Nebraska ought to be, so it allows sure. us uh, cutting edge educational process in the in the city of Kearney and it's right next to uh, where we're currently you know doing nurses and a lot of training in the medical field on that side of it so it just expands that and makes it more exciting while we're on the topic of the University of Nebraska Kearney you want to talk a little bit about what's going on there I've you know I've been had the opportunity to engage with uh, with UNK quite a lot on, on different things over the last few years and continue to be impressed by the expansion there and you know the the College of Business and Technology, the new facilities they've got. I feel like it's a lot of positive momentum and great things going on for you know for the University of Nebraska Kearney. And love to hear your perspective on it because I think when people think University of Nebraska, overwhelmingly it's Lincoln and Omaha, and and sometimes a lot of folks that aren't from you know Central Nebraska kind of you know maybe don't don't give enough consideration to what's going on at UNK. So if you can share. Uh, that sure. was a little bit. That'd be great. You know, the Carney campus is is truly a great value in in education. Um, you look at uh, how uh, uh, tuition dollars are charged there; it's a it's a great value. 
Um, so my time on the board, to me, it looks like we're trying to modernize the campus and have it more proactive to what industry and, and the medical field need. And uh, you know, we've, we're attracting students on the east side. We're kind of consolidating the fraternity-sorority relationship with the union, uh, building two new facilities there. The old Otto Olson building is no longer there. It's some green space. And uh, if you haven't had the chance, you just need to uh, come to the campus, look around, and see some of the new things that are going on there because it's uh, truly changed a lot. And uh, it's a beautiful place, a beautiful place for education, and I think that uh, it will attract uh, students from a larger distance and, and hopefully from out of state. And out of the country. Um, it's, you know, I've got next to me here the University of Nebraska Kearney, the Office of Study Abroad t-shirt, which I often wear. It was a, it was a gift from, from the folks uh, there from Dio Suzuki. Um, mm. You know, they, I think a lot of people don't know, and I mentioned it other times on the show, but it's quite likely that uh, University of Nebraska Kearney has the largest degree-seeking Japanese student population in the United States. Very likely. You know, I don't know how, uh, I thought I heard there was somewhere around 40 of them uh, on campus. Yeah, no, it's it's been as high, I, if my numbers are correct, as high as, as 300, and I think now it's 100 and something, um, but uh, they've been really blessed to get. It's like 40, of, uh, 40 a year they bring in, isn't it? Yes, that's probably, that's yeah. a, probably, that yeah. math is probably yeah. almost exactly right, and a lot of them uh -huh. go into aviation, um, and then there's mm -hmm. the sports, uh, uh, not sports medicine, but the sports, um, I can't think of what it is, a sports-related program. And they had actually the first ever um, uh, female to work on, like, I think it's the Japanese, like, uh, sports therapy uh, professional baseball team in Japan was a UNK alum. And so they've got wow. a lot of great things going on with some of those, cool. uh, you know, some of those programs. So, yeah, I mean, I think that there's potential not, you know, to draw, um, to draw you know, students from out of state, but even out of the country. Um, and I think the interesting thing, because I've had a lot of conversations, um, you know, about this with folks and, um, you know, Joe Suzuki and I uh, were, were in Chicago for the meeting between Japanese governors and, and, um, and, and U.S. governors where uh, uh, Governor Ricketts did a, a, a wonderful uh, tribute to Prime Minister Abe. Um, but um, while we were there and talking about it, one of the things that you know, came up in those conversations is that um, a lot of Japanese parents find Carney very appealing. And one of the reasons is, is because it's very safe. You know, there, there are a lot of them are apprehensive about sending their kids to New York City or Los Angeles because they've seen movies. And, but when they see that the crime statistics in Kearney, Nebraska are very similar to Japan, it's comforting to them. So I feel like that's probably, it's, it's a hidden gem in many ways, I think. I've heard that uh, the cyber degree is very interested in, in uh, oh, absolutely. group of yeah. students. And, uh, that's not a big hit. Yeah, it is. And I've heard that. I think they recruited one of the professors from Hong Kong, I think, right, for that, to head up that, that program, yeah, yeah. If, I, if I'm correct. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of exciting things going on at UNK. And then, of course, there's a lot of exciting things going on at UNMC. All you have to do is, is go there. And then not, and then go there again in a year and just see how radically different uh -huh. it is. Construction all the time when you're there, yep. and there's, yep. I think there's still. I mean, you can talk a little bit more about it, Paul, perhaps. But I think there's probably still another billion or two in development to be going on. You might know the numbers and the specifics more, but I'm, I'm yeah. impressed by the yeah. magnitude of development. 
I'm not good, good at the Pacific of it, but uh, if you go to all campuses, uh, there's some amazing change there. The, the, they've got a lot of dollars put into engineering, both in UNO and Lincoln, and that is a, obviously a giant demand in industry today is for engineers. So we're trying to fill that demand. Uh, the physical therapy, or excuse me, the physical uh, education aspect in uh, Lincoln's been then redone, you know, was uh, back in the time when I was going to school, which is a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife was there, and, and they've really updated the facilities there. Uh, the Go Big project is 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 a non-taxpayer uh, uh, building that's put up by donors uh, in the wow. apartment. It uh, is an amazing feat in itself for a building that size and that many dollars that's uh, uh, not constructed with tax dollars. So. A lot, of, a lot of things happening in our campuses, and uh, really excited about all of them. And, well, thanks for all you do, I mean, to, you know, on, on the Board of Regents to help guide it and, you know, get to these kind of great decisions that uh, can make our state really, really proud. Anything else you want to share about uh, kind of your experience on the Board of Regents and things that Just, you've done? Just, uh, you know, it's, it's been a, a, a great time. I, uh, it's a six-year term, and I'd like to serve one more term. You know, I'll be uh, just under 70 at that time if I get elected. When I'm done the next time, I think health's relatively good yet. So I uh, uh, would love to do it one more time. 